You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle, defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay, and uh, we're excited about talking a little bit of injury report, get you guys some updates on what the injuries are looking like going into this weekend's game uh, there against the Denver Broncos. And then we've got a couple articles that we're going to hit on, too, that Jacob happened to find uh, hitting on some pretty good topics, you know, potential uh, players that might be on the trading block for the Packers. Understand everything we talk about today, we are not reporting. We are not saying we're not creating rumors. These players are to be traded. We're simply going off an article that are saying, hey, here are six or here are five players that might potentially be traded. OK, so I definitely want to put that out there and uh, we'll kind of talk about if we think it makes sense for the, the roster now and into the future. Uh, for potentially trading those specific players. So we'll hit that. We'll also hear from Jordan Love real quick in the locker room. He was talking about uh, – well, I'll let, the, I'll let the video speak for itself, but Matt Schneiman had an awesome video he tweeted out uh, there on X. And um, we're also, like I said, on the article on the trade. And then we're going to hit on an article um, on Joe Barry where uh, someone wrote about the, quote, embarrassing excuse that Joe Barry gave for uh, having uh, Preston Smith lined up on Devontae Adams. So, and he, he goes on to uh, roast Joe Barry throughout the rest of the article as well, which I think it's funny. No one ever mentions kind of the, uh, the uh, points per play and uh, yards per, uh, per play that the Packers sit at right now. Um, funny how none of that gets mentioned in the grand scheme of things, but we do want to pick one, two, three plays out of the game and go, what the hell is this guy doing? But Tim, how are you doing tonight? Jacob, what's going on fellas? <laughs> Happy to be here, man. It's always interesting, right? I love yeah. it. Jacob, I, Jacob got in here to not stir the pot. He's like, let me let me find the article that will get Clayton most fired as, up. As soon as I saw the message, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> not tonight. If you if you remember, I, I woke up super early this morning. I had one of those days where you just randomly wake up and you can't get back to sleep. So I started looking through. And I will admit that it, they're not they're not like uh, it's not like tabloids or, you know, clickbait mm-hmm. stuff I, I will admit that both of the articles well i should say that one of the articles was written well and had a justification as to why they had some of their opinions the other one was a little bit more just mudslinging so right, what i yes. did is I, I read the first one and thought oh this is kind of an interesting you know mm-hmm. five five players that possibly could be on the trade block for the packers and then mm-hmm. it goes through and it doesn't bash him it doesn't really talk, well we'll get into it but it doesn't bash him it doesn't talk about you know why they suck or blah 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 it's basically more analytical financial and what the Packers like to do kind of as a pattern that we've noticed over the last 20, 30 years. And then you get yeah. to the other one and it's kind of just throwing mud. So as I'm sitting there at like four 35 in the morning, I'm like, man, 
I'm going to send this to Clayton right now. <laughs> I don't know what time they actually read the one, but the one that you that we'll talk about, I knew as I read it, I was laughing. And I, I started thinking, like, if I could play devil's advocate, I'm going to bring yeah. this point up and this point up. And then I will admit, Barry did not do himself any favors by the quote that he put out there. Mm-hmm. But it, I knew it was going to get Clay ready. Better than a Red Bull. Dude probably snapped right out of bed. <laughs> yeah, and, and the quote itself, when I read the quote, I went, it's a BS quote. You can tell he's just taking, he's, he's going, put the blame on me, put the blame on me, yeah. As well. yeah. which is what every great leader does. You know, you, uh, you absorb like, criticism and you deflect praise. That's what or have you ever been in a fight with your old lady or your girlfriend? And after a while, they're just like, you know what? Yeah, everything's my fault. <laughs> right. I'm to blame. I suck. That's, that's kind I'm of you, right now, man, you don't even got to go through all that. All you've got to say is the two magical words. You're right. Right, yeah, God, you're right. Throwing a gall there, God. yeah, God. yeah. Oh, you're going, you can <laughs> I think about it. Let me give a shout out to uh, Jeff in the chat. We got United Bates, um, Boz in here, the number one Packer fan. What's up, guys? Steven Smith, Red Mo, Dead Fish, Mark in the house. Appreciate you guys dropping through for sure. All right, let's just get right down to it. Let's talk injury report first. Um, you know, it seems like I say this every week, and then then game day, I go, what happened? Why is everybody inactive? <laughs> but it feels like we're as healthy as we have been uh, all year long, obviously minus uh, the all-world um, left tackle, David Bakhtiari. But let's kind of get into it here. Rob Domofsky, uh tweeted this out earlier today, and uh, hopefully you guys can see it. He said, uh, post-by practice, Aaron Jones, obviously got the hamstring, was back on the field after missing last Monday's game. That's check, right? Good deal. Quay Walker, knee injury, and Devondre Campbell, ankle were rehabbing outside, okay? Darnell Savage's calf and Zane Anderson hamstring were back practicing as well, okay? So just wanted to kind of mention that. And then as you look at the actual injury report here, gang, we've got Zane An- Zane Anderson hamstring, limited participation. Devondre Campbell did not participate. Um, Elton Jenkins, uh, limited participation. Aaron Jones, limited participation. Darnell Savage, limited participation. Eric Stokes, limited. Quay Walker, limited and Devontae Wyatt limited. So the one that I would say there's probably a really good chance that he's going to miss, and Tim kind of pointed this as we were, uh, you know, talking offline, um, probably not going to see Devondre Campbell. That would be my guess. Um, however, you never know. And, and I think Matt LaFleur actually said in one of the uh, one of the other tweets that was tweeted out, I might have actually had the wrong tweet up there, but uh, he basically said, that he thinks that Devondre Campbell will be uh, will be questionable, maybe a game time type decision, that type of thing. So, um, with that being said, in the injury report on the Denver Broncos side, um, pretty much the only one that that uh, uh, that kind of comes into play here is their tight end, Greg Greg Dulcich, I think is how you say it. Uh, he did not participate. Kareem Jackson limited, and then uh, Justin Simmons safety. Uh, was limited as well. So they're a little bit banged up at the safety position, it seems like. But, uh, Jacob, what do you think about that injury report, man? Um, do, you, do you think Aaron Jones will play some of those names on it? What stands out to you? Man, like you said, I'm I'm just gun-shy now. Every time <laughs> I see that uh, that injury report, it's like, ah, man, we're looking good. Everything's going to be great. And then, like you said, it comes Saturday night, Sunday morning, and they're like, oh, yeah, every single starter you have isn't going to play. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. Um, I, I just, I did watch a few interviews before we got on here live. Jones basically seems like he's champing, champing at the bit. Had somebody message me it's champing, not chomping, champing at the bit. Okay. Just, hey, oh, champing. Let's go. <clears throat> um, but, uh, 
let's see, where was it? Jones, they were basically asking like how he feels. And he said, I felt great last week. I, I wanted to play. And then he said that basically it was one. He said, I know what I did wrong. He said it was like in a pregame warm-up when the ball was just a little bit outside of where he was comfortable extending to and that he tried to go make a play on it. And that's like, <laughs> so what's it? If you just have to like extend and you know, like, oh, that's that did it. You know, like, how do you expect to go live in a game? But, you know, he says that he feels great now, that he's ready to go. that He's excited. You love Aaron Jones, dude. He is just like the ultimate team player. He kept talking about how, you know, what, what it's going to be like for him to get back out there. And he's like, I don't care about me. He's like, I just want to help the team. I feel bad that I've been not being able to be there for him. Like, I've been watching him in practice, just sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting. And I just, I love Aaron Jones so much. It's yeah. going to be, I, I don't know how we, we break away from him. We can maybe have that conversation a little bit later once we uh, touch on that article. Because I, right now, I don't see how you let the dude walk. Restructure that contract for sure, but see if there's something we can do there. Got it. Tim, what do you think, buddy? Uh, overall, on the, the report, I think um, what's really cool, I believe this is the second week that we have no Christian Watson on the injury report. So, um, you know, a name we're not seeing, which is uh, good news. Um, and uh, Eric Stokes Jr. is going to be one to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. I was wondering about him. Do we Do we maybe see him? Uh, this week or or not they got I think it's one week left before they have to activate him right they have to sign him to the active roster or they can practice squad him or they got to do something with him right otherwise he has to go back on pup is that how it works yeah I think they've got another full week and if uh if he does not hit the active roster they have to put him on injured reserve for the rest of the year if i understand oh okay so he's gonna be done yeah um but i think i kind of feel like he's gonna be out there this week limited role maybe as a dime back that type of thing um but uh i think he'll probably suit up i hope he does and and again i'm not expecting anything crazy with uh with eric stokes you know the last time we seen him on the field he was struggling pretty bad um now i can't imagine that you have, you know, almost a full year off battling a, a horrible injury from what I understand was two different injuries at the same time, rehabbing back from that and then coming back better than when you left. So I think it's important that they do ease him in, but maybe it's something that if he can get some playing time this week and then, uh, you know, you ramp him up in the next three, four weeks, maybe by the end of the season, he's back into that boundary role. And maybe you do put Rasul back into the nickel or maybe even move, move uh, Jair around in the nickel as well so um, you know i can i could i could speak to that at least from what i saw at camp when he was rehabbing at training camp and being the only guy in that group you know by the time rashawn was starting to progress and you know it was just stokes back there by himself with the training staff and mm -hmm. strength and conditioning but i can tell you that every single time that defense was running something or working on scheme he would stop and turn and walk over and he was involved. Like, mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that maybe the time, like you said, you know, well, what's really going to change with all this time away, hopefully a lot of film, hopefully watching film of himself and maybe looking, looking at mistakes that he may have made in the past, along with staying keyed in and actively participating in what's going on with, with the play calls on the defense. So hopefully if he does see limited action, you know, he's not going to look like a fish out of water. You know, it's like he hasn't played football in a long time. You know, we understand that, but I think Stokes takes it seriously out there. And 
I hope for the best with him, man. I really do. I agree, man. When you see him on the sidelines too, on games, you almost notice him every single game. Like he is very engaged. He's very, you can just tell he's one of those guys that, that if he can put it together on the field, first of all, stay healthy and then put it together on the field, he would be, uh, you know, one of those glue guys in the locker room. There's no doubt. You can just tell he's just got that. You, you can see why the Packers locked him, right? His athletic score was through the freaking roof. He played uh, very high competition there um, in the SEC. And then you turn right around and, uh, you you know, you look at his attitude and just the type of person he is. He's, he's definitely one of those guys that can be something special. Let's just hope he can put it together um, again. We'll see if he gets a little playing time this Sunday. So uh, Zane Strong in the chat said, what's up, Clayton, Tim, and Jacob? Happy hump day. Yeah, man, appreciate you swinging through, Zane. Some of these other comments I'm going to get to in a second because it's going to apply a little bit later. That's okay, though. You guys keep firing away. Uh, 2-0 for this in the chat says, I really don't care what we do. If Aaron Jones ever plays for a team other than Green Bay, I riot. And at that point, (laughs) at that point and only that point, well, I want Goot fired. So two over this said, hey, man, do what you want, Goody. But if you touch my Aaron Jones, you are gone. gone. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Zane Strong in the chat here says 65% healthier team this week, I hope. 65%. Me too. Y'all are never going to let that go. <laughs> the posse will never let it go. I love it. It's a staple in this program, which is probably why we do horrible numbers. But that's what we do. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Um, Let's move on to um, the Matt Schneidman tweet real quick. I'm going to share the screen. This was Jordan Love in the locker room. I thought this was kind of cool. Just, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur told everybody, hey, pick one thing that you want to work on during this bye week, right? And uh, one of the things – actually, it started last week, and one of the things he wanted wanted to work on was finding completions. But here's QB1 talking about that. Again, this is a tweet from Matt Schneidman over on Twitter. Um, obviously, you know, you want to get everybody the ball. we got a lot of weapons. You want to always spread the ball out. But, uh, no, I think more of it's just consistency and finding those completions um, and getting the playmaker the ball um, in space so they can operate and, and make guys miss. And, uh, you know, not trying to you – know, always trying to find that big play and force the ball downfield, which getting the ball in guys' hands quickly. Um, I think that's been the biggest thing. But, you know, you always want to try and get everybody as many touches as you can, um, spread the ball out, spread the wealth. Um, but no, there's not one person in particular. I wish you know, we get the ball to more. All right. So obviously, Jordan's simply pointing out there. Yeah, we're we're, we're looking to take the checkdowns. Basically, we're, I, I need to get better at that. And and we've seen it all over the tape, right? All over the tape. What you got there, Jacob? No, it's just funny that you literally. I wrote down like that almost that whole clip on my notes, hand wrote, wrote it because I'm like, oh, this is definitely Clayton will want to hear this. This is going to be good. <laughs> so yeah I, I thought that was obviously what i thought was uh highlighted i just put notes basically he needs to take the checkdowns, take what's there and not force for the big play and i wrote <laughs> that i thought it was hilarious because they said like is there any specific player basically you need to get more involved and that's where it starts he's like everyone <laughs> spread it around right. it show, shows you a, a glimpse into the psyche too of our quarterback <laughs> where mm-hmm. we talk about he's developed a really good relationship with romeo dobbs and there might be if he's got chemistry with any wide out, it's probably Dobbs. But it's like you can tell Jordan's trying to do that with everyone. He wants he yeah. he's trying to spread that ball around. They're going to they're going to live and die as a team. They're going to win and lose as a team, like I said. And it's just good to see him reaffirming that and, you know, acknowledging what he needs to do. You know, he needs to hit those throws. 
Mm-hmm. Bring on the swing pass, right, Clayton? Bring it on. Let's so go. Telling, especially the design swing. And we got Chad Inc. in the house. Says, what's up, Clayton and Craig? Man, appreciate you swinging through, Chad. Uh, thank you so much. Chris in here says, Clayton, keep the heat on Goop. And Coach, I, I'm assuming what's the C stands for. Yeah. You know, man, I guess I'm the one charging that hill <laughs> because there's many people that are still on the, you know, Joe Barry's battered and bruised laying up on the hill. And, I, and I'm now trying to deflect the Matt LaFleur a little bit going, hey, look, you guys understand this offense is hot garbage, right? Like we've got a a defense that's performing better than they did last year, right? Not not world breakers, but performing better than they did last year. And everybody just kind of overlooking the offense, which I do think that's coming around now. But, yeah, back to, back to Jordan Love with the swing pass. Um, those are design swings. Tim. And the reason we know that's because you can watch the lead, right? You can see the lead blocker. They're not in a route. They're not in pass protection. They're simply leading the swing and picking up a block, expecting that ball to go to the swing. Now, there is a built-in aspect, a built-in element on the backside, which simply is your number one look, right? Your number one read. A simple concept. If it's high-low, if it's middle-close, middle-open, okay, is it there? No hammer the swing. But what Jordan's doing is it's not there. It's not there. Let me look there. No, let me roll towards the swing. Everything gets funneled in and it, uh, it just all falls apart. So that's one check down. I want to see another two is the leaks. Musgrave has been so open in some of these leaks underneath and the way this defense is playing right now, the reason that there's nothing open down the field, when you seen Jordan love throwing the triple coverage down the field and it was nowhere near the receiver, is because these defenses are watching – they're watching the same thing that we're watching, guys. And that's why it's so important to watch the tape, and that's why I have nothing to do with anyone who scoffs at someone for watching the tape. Oh, this is one of those tape guys. Yeah, we're the ones actually taking the time to understand what's going on on the field rather than just listen to this person or that person rant and rave about something they haven't even seen other than the one pass through while they were drunker than a skunk. Like, you you got to be able to slow down and kind of see what's actually going on. So what you're seeing is – the coverage is watching the same tape we're watching. They're seeing that Jordan's trying to push the ball down the field, push the ball down the field. They're saying, ignore the leaks. Hell with the leaks. Don't even worry about them. Let's 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 make him prove to us he's going to check it down, right? And I think that's where Matt LaFleur is catching a little bit too much heat in that regard because there are players open on some of these concepts underneath, but Jordan's just simply either not knowing where to go with his side adjustment to find them or – He's just refusing to do it and trying to push the ball down the field, which, by the way, Jacob, it sounds a lot like the argument with Rodgers last year. Right? Everybody was going, I don't understand why he's trying to play hero ball. Um, there's something to this Matt LaFleur offense that, um, first of all, in the West Coast offense, this is how it all started. Bill Walsh, 101, his voice on a football life said people look at uh, the West Coast offense as nickel and diamond and just going underneath. What they don't understand is 90% of the time, maybe 95% of the time, there's a deep shot on every play. And you looked at that deep shot first, and if it ain't there, then you go back through your reads back underneath. Rather than going shallow, 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 deep, the last thing you want to do is throw late deep, right, or deep late, I should say. So you start deep, work your way back with most of the concepts. I just want to see them spread stuff out. But, yeah, um, when it comes to him, though, uh, when it comes to Jordan, I'm not ready to give up. I don't want, I don't want people to take that the wrong way. I'm not ready to give up on Matt LaFleur. It's just frustrating when you see on March 13 personnel out there and 12 personnel consistently. And it's just like, you want to help Jordan Love spread that thing out a little bit, man. Spread it out, lot in the box. Imagine A.J. Dillon running into that five-man box we talked about yesterday. I mean, that's a whole different ballgame, guy. You remove you you remove the pulling aspect of the offensive line, too, and it's just pick a gap straight downhill. 
that's one thing I've noticed about A.J. Dillon, at least in the last couple of games, is I feel like he's he's hitting the hole and he's falling forward and he's gaining those yards that aren't there right now. So imagine if you had a light box, right? And you're never going to see a light box if you stay condensed, you stay nasty, and try to uh, try to force everything underneath like that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust. And, man, we've got the perfect team to try to adjust to this week, guys. If it, if it don't happen this week with this offense, man. And it's, I feel like it's – a. Jacob, I feel like it's unfair to the offense because we're putting them in a no-win situation here. Like, they could come out and have 400 yards of total offense, and we're probably still going, eh, it's still Denver. That sucks. That's a sucky place to be, right? Yep, it's like fighting a girl. If you lose, you lost to a girl. If you win, you beat a girl. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a saying high school. Um, one thing I want to bring up real quick, though, uh, with Jordan Love specifically and the bye week and kind of just like we just talked about, whether or not we're going to – this, this is kind of a make it or break it week for the season, I'd argue, in a lot of different ways. Um, so Jordan Love, when asked if he was staying through that, these are two tidbits here that I thought were very interesting in different ways. Jordan Love said that he did leave the facility and that he went to go to San Diego to spend time with his girlfriend who had just signed, I believe it was a professional volleyball contract, went and met with them, which I'm not saying, I'm not throwing no shade. I think that's great. <clears throat> you need to leave, get some time. However, I will say I was very surprised proud and excited when I saw the Tucker Craft interview when Tucker Craft went on record to say that he did not decide to leave he wanted to stay over and <laughs> chill Amelia no I'm not uh, <laughs> uh that he wanted to stay over that he wanted to hone his craft play on words and that he realized that he had a lot of stuff to kind of improve and that to the point where Matt LaFleur came in and noticed it, because I think LaFleur actually took a few days off from what I'm told, too. He was not at the facility. And on like a Friday, uh, he comes in and he sees Tucker Craft there and he's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you need to. And he's like, no, no, I got it. And then eventually it got to the point where he convinced Tucker Craft to take his lady friend and do a date Mike date and go to Door County for just one day and decompress. And then so they're interviewing him. And I'm like, man, Tucker Craft has really changed. And like he's kind of a more humble guy, and like he ended the interview with basically rounding it out with being like, "So I took the day off, but you know I'm always ready. I don't need a day off. I never need a day off. I'm always ready to go, and uh, you know I'm never running around like my head's cut off like a chicken or whatever." And I'm just like, "There he is." As, That's the guy. The I gotta guy. give him one. <laughs> Man, Tucker Craft, <laughs> growing and changing every day. You gotta love it. Let's see, right? And yeah, you're right. Uh, Emilio in the chat says uh, Jacob's trying to get us canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to put me in the unemployment line over here, Jacob. You see how it is, bro? Um, let's see. We got a super chat from Boz. Thank you so much for the support, buddy. You are always such a blessing. He said, let's get to three and three, healthiest we've been all year. Let's go, dude. Let's just go one game at a time. Go get that dub. Go out there and try to embarrass Denver, man. I, I, and it's something, too. If we come out and we get to an early lead, guys, we go up 10, 14 points, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game, to be honest with you, because the way this yeah. offense is sputtering. But if you do get a lead – Put your freaking your freaking foot on their throat, dude. Yeah. I mean, fin finish the whole thing, dude. I, I want to see them absolutely torch the Broncos, mainly because I don't like Sean Payton. But I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Clayton, because I would love to see what this team does with a with a three, four, five score lead on a team. Oh yeah, that like, says a lot. See, about let, it, let's get one early. Let's get a lead early and hang on to it and build on it. And like you said, all bring back all gas, no break. I want I want that I want that Matt Lafleur back. All all gas, no break. Simplify. Let's not have five hundred tight ends on the field every time we're, you know, going to run a play. 
let's uh yeah. You know, get to three and three, like Bias said. That's that's the most important thing. And you know, Denver does enough to embarrass themselves. So we they're they're gonna give us some help. Like you yeah. said, Clayton, it could be close. Um, but I definitely see turnovers happening uh for this defense. So um I think they're gonna get it done. And I don't care, win by a point. I don't care. I'm not a gambler. I I, I don't sports gamble so or sports bet, so I don't care about the spread. <laughs> I no. care about the dub, just win. So uh, I, I'll take it one or a hundred, whatever. Definitely. Go pack, go. Boz, thank you so much for the super chat, bud. We appreciate you. Let's see. Goose in the chat said, throw the dang check down, Jordan. I feel like the lady from the from the live a movie about Bobby Orr. I don't even know what he's referring to, but I'm afraid to look into it when it's Goose. <laughs> right Too old for this. From the window to the wow. Jordan Love, please spread the ball. All right, there you go. <laughs> That's good. We got the widest people in here reciting uh, John. Dude. It's hilarious, right? Um, Make those DBs foul. <laughs> Y'all about to get DJ Tim out. I'm telling you, man. It's about to hit. Hot in zone says Super Bowl bound, man. I hope you're right. My goodness. Let me. Give me a give me a toke of what you're hitting over there, my man. Uh, Goose said, <laughs> "Barry is Randy from South Park." Quote: I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Emilio, yeah, you, you caught on. Says the crew is all here. Yes, they are. You have been warned, no doubt about it. Chad Inc. said, I like what Love said about getting the ball to the playmakers in space. I'd really like to see Reed, Musgrave, and Watson getting the ball sooner and let those guys use their legs. Absolutely. It's what Mike Wall talked about. 
use use screen passes, right? If and, and here's the thing about screen passes: when you're trying to run screen passes out of condensed formations, way harder, right? That's why you're seeing some of the only screen passes you've seen at this point is a play action rollout, right, or a play action boot, and then having to throw back across because you've got to get everybody outside of that condensed formation. That's about the only way you can run a screen unless you run a mid screen, which we've seen him do one of those and he dirted the ball because it wasn't there. Right. So you spread it out 11 personnel, do a little doubles look, a little two by two with uh, with the Y flex. That's when you're going to have the space you need to hit some of those halfback screens. One of my favorite ways to hit a halfback screen is to is to flex out. Right. And even go trips. You can go trips nub, um, but you can even start with the running back out wide, bring him in. Right run a little action, and then a screen off the back side. But when you go three-by on one side, whether it's the tight end side or not, if you go with a three-by set and you screen off the back side, think of the stress that puts on the defense, right? You can't do that out of the condensed formations because everybody is just right there in the, in the same spot. But, yeah, man, I, I'm with you, Chad. Love to see him get those guys involved uh, really, really, uh, really quick. Let's see here. Uh <laughs> I'm so scared to post anything that uh, or to put anything that Goose says in here. Put anything that Goose. <laughs> you're 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 uh you're not actually muted, Goose. But every time I see your name, I'm gonna I'm, I swear I'm moving on real quick. <laughs> it's so, like right. a it's like an official with his hand on the flag. Like yeah, he's right. just got his hand on the flag all the time. Oh, my hat, sling it right. Um, Cheesehead Murph in the house. Go pack, go posse. What's up, my good people? What's up, Murph? Uh, yeah, let me know when you get that jersey, dude. I, you never know with this mailing service. I know Jacob had a problem with getting his piece of memorabilia out to a listener too. But I used to work for the postal service. I spent about two years there when I was right out of high school. Oh yeah, when I was right out of high school. Yeah, I, I left. Was the shirt? I actually left when I was seventeen and had to kind of. I don't know how to say. It. Had to get out of the town I was living in because you know I was going to end up stuck there more or less. So I moved to Knoxville close to where Emilio is and, and got a job as a part-time say part-time I was working 60 hours a week, but I was what they call a casual employee for the postal service. So, uh, man, that's a, that is a very interesting place. My brother said, Hey, we can get you on full-time. I think, man, take the postal exam. I looked around and went, I don't want to be any of these people in 10 years. I'm getting the hell out of this. Is yours. No way, sir. Don't want this. But, uh, yeah. All right. So Emilio said, all right, uh, Dan, do you think Tim used to, <laughs> Used his Milwaukee fuel tools <laughs> to get all that hung up. Oh man! Oh man! Hey, dude, I, I love it. I love what you did back there, man. It looks absolutely oh, awesome. Dude. Nice. Yeah, very simple. Mine's getting cluttered. I'm about to do something different. You <laughs> look clean. Now I like yours. Jacob's looks like a frat house. That's what I like about it. <laughs> I'm expecting to see the keg over in the corner. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. With but, the dog, with the dog laying underneath the hose. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, number one Packer fan says, Hey man, I rant and rave when I'm tipsy during a game, then watch chalk talk with you guys later. Hey, that's the best of both worlds right there, dude. That is the best of both. The same thing. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, hey, dude, when, when it's not the Packers playing, there's nothing better than hitting. I've got a beef O'Brady's up here about, I don't know, about five miles from the house. I've got a beef O'Brady's. You ever never heard of beef O'Brady's? It's basically a sports bar. It's obviously, you know, O'Brady's it's, it's kind of Irish theme. They used to have a sandwich called the Waterson. Um, they, uh, they got a real good menu, some of the best wings I've ever had in my life. But you sit at their bar area, and I think there's something like – I mean, it's a small space too, which is what I like about it. But there's something like 30 TVs, every NFL game on. So if the Packers aren't playing, I'm with you guys. I'll, I'll be having a cold one and eating some wings and uh, that type of thing. But when the Packers are on, dude, I am sober, focused, 
90% of the time, the TV's muted. Every time I talk myself into unmuting it, I regret it. Um, <laughs> or mute it back. But, yeah, um, nothing wrong with that, man, for sure. All right, let's see what else we got here. God, it got out of control so quick, man. I want to hit everybody's comments, but <laughs> we're going to go three hours if I do it. And you guys are just – this is all nonsense. Absolutely Uh-oh. nonsense. Let's see here. Let's go to Emilio right here, bang, just randomly. All love, boys. That'll get Clayton two spicy deluxes from Chick-fil-A. What's he talking about? Oh, yeah, the, the super chat. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. appreciate it. Oh, he's talking about the super chat, yeah. What that's going to do is is throw towards this PC yes. that I had to buy to get this thing cranked up the way we wanted to yes, crank no. up. I've never had Chick-fil-A in my life. What? No. What? Wait, never what? Had. I've never had Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? Yeah. Man, you never had. You don't have any over there. Uh, We don't have one in Hudson, but we have one like uh, in Woodbury, but it's like 20 minutes away. So by the time like, bro, it's worth it, bro. That's the poultry. Drive drive 20 minutes. Go there. I had one like two minutes away from my house when I lived in Nashville on West End, but I'd always drove drive past it. And there was a line like around the block. So I that's figured, how you know, Jacob, that's how, you know, it's good when there's a line, you know, the other thing I do too, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, 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 I don't know what the right word is. I'm not going to be political, correct, politically correct for a second. Okay. There's many times I go into a restaurant and I look around and if everybody's a little bit bigger, I'm like, this is, they, they got good food. Here. This is where <laughs> you want to be right here, baby. That's how you know them, especially barbecue joints. And, and Amelia knows what I'm talking about. You get down there south of Knoxville yeah. and, and closer to Chattanooga, Nashville, you know. You walk in there, bro, and they got a couple chins on them. Sit down <laughs> and grab you something to eat, man. That's the way it goes. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Ain't I ain't shame. Are you kidding me? <laughs> let's see what else we got uh, in the chat. You know what? Let's move on to the next topic. Of course, we'll, we'll hit on uh, number one Packer fan, as he says. Hell yeah, Clayton. LOL. There you go. All right. So – the MSN article, y'all want to see me get, well, this one won't get me fired up yet. Um, <clears throat> the MSN article, right? And, and you can you you can kind of name the exact website. All that was showing up on mine, Jacob, was MSN. I'm sure they got kind of a an underlink and it's geared around the Packers. But let's talk about that first article, man. What did it hit on that, that kind of got you thinking about it? You're talking about the five players one? Correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then, you know, it's from A to Z Sports. Clayton told me not to mention the guy's name, but I, I just feel like it's, his name is Wendell Ferreira. It's not. A, it's he's not. Oh yeah, issue. no, Wendell's cool. Yeah, it's all good. Man. This yeah. one, this one, I guess maybe he's more talking about the other one because right, that, right. You know, you know what hat. So, um, but yeah. Anyways, it is these sports five players that the Packers could trade before the deadline. And like I said, he just broke it down real, real well. If you guys want to check it out, it's an article that was wrote yesterday, I believe, written yesterday. So, <clears throat> uh, like I said, he just has five different players, and he gives a brief um, kind of explanation as to why it might be plausible or financially you know good or just maybe matching the way that the packers typically do things so <clears throat> he does a disclaimer with number one number one is jair alexander so before you freak out just <laughs> put in a disclaimer everybody here. calm down everybody calm down I'm not gonna this do is, this is the scene where where michael scott's running out of the building going, <laughs> <laughs> all we can do is put on a brave face we are screwed all right so <laughs> Uh, he says, nobody's stupid enough to say the Packers should give Jair Alexander away. Because that being said, the last this last year, the Los Angeles Rams offered two first-round draft picks for edge defender Brian Burns, which I believe he was still at Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, that, so that just shows you that teams are willing to pay if they feel like they want a player, right? So he goes on to talk about how the biggest um, – 
reason that this could be beneficial. One, Jair Alexander has played like hot booty cheeks this year. Razul Douglas has played by far better. You could argue that Nixon plays equally as good. Um, you could argue, I, I mean, I would argue that I don't even want to tell you what I think about Jair. I, I just, I, I've not been impressed. I haven't liked the attitude. We've talked about some of the comments he's made recently. And the guy's the highest paid, if I'm not mistaken, the highest paid cornerback basically in the NFL, or at least top three. He is not playing like a top 50 cornerback right now. So to me, this is a little bit interesting. They talk about how in 2025, they'd open up $25.8 million in cap space. In 2026, another 27.86 with another 2.36 coming off on 2027. Um, I just, I don't know. It's intriguing. It's not something that I say I want to do or that I hope happens. But I will say that it's one of those that if it, if I mean, I want to see how Jair ends the season because that'll definitely obviously be a massive indicator as to what I think going forward. But right now, you can't you can't tell me that this guy is worth as much money as we're paying him. You could almost have this conversation about Kenny Clark too, although he's not one of these on the list. But what do you guys think about Jair and the possibility of moving on from him? If you could get two first-round draft picks, a first and a second possibly, maybe a first and two seconds, you know what I'm saying, like multiple years. I mean, yeah, he's definitely one of those names, and I can't wait to hear your take on this too, Tim. He's definitely one of those names that would draw maximum compensation, I would think, right, because he's known around the league as one of the best corners. The problem is he didn't perform like it last year, and he's darn sure not performing like it this year, right? So if you're telling me that his play, and and I know none of us have a crystal ball, we can't see into the future, but if you're telling me his play is going to stay around about where it is right now, I'd be all about it because it's, it's about what you do on the field, right? Plain and simple. Now, sometimes you can you can look at the PFF grades and watch the tape and go, ah, I don't see it as bad as they do, right? And that's totally cool. That's the whole purpose of having multiple uh, – what, what am I trying to say here? Multiple uh, sources, right, of, of information, of statistics, of analytics. So you can kind of take everything, throw it in a pot and go, okay, here's the true story. Here's what's really going on. When you look at the tape, I showed you guys – Devonte cooking him off the line. Thank God Jimmy G didn't see it. Then you see him refusing to tackle on a play earlier this year that I absolutely roasted him for. And then, and, and of course, everybody said, well, maybe his back was hurt right there. Maybe it was. If your back's hurt to the point that you can't make a tackle, get the hell off the field. That's the way I feel. As a player, that's what I would want to do too. Like, I don't want to hurt my team just because of my ego, right? If I can't perform better than someone else on the bench, be a team player, let them know, hey, look, I can't do this. I'm going to be a liability. But then you see him get juked out of his out of his shoes this last game, right? And and there was people on Twitter immediately, Jacob. They're going, well, I, he you pay him to cover, you don't pay him to tackle. No, you pay him to play defense. Yeah. The attitude of you pay him to cover, not tackle, is why you've got a bad run defense. You're and those same people that'll make a comment like that will go back and say it's Joe Barry's fault. You know what I mean? So, with that being said, Jair, if the if his level of play stays the same. I'd be, I'd be open to doing that in 2025. I imagine that's the first year we could probably get out of There's some kind of opt-out clause there, too, in the contract, if I remember correctly. But, again, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with contracts. All I focus on is cap hit, right? Uh, that's the main thing I want to cover because you get into the ins and outs of understanding the contract completely, and you waste a whole lot of time for no reason at all. And um, But, yeah, so for me with Jair, if the play stays the same, I'd be open to it. What do you think, Tim? Uh, I agree with you, Clayton. I'm I'm not quite there yet um, as much as uh, maybe some people are um, on that train. But, you know, 2025 is not that far off. And uh, that's not a lot of time. I mean, Jair's got to 
got to make some changes, man. And, you know, it could start with attitude, but we, we all know who he is and Jair is not going to be soft spoken uh, or anything like that. So um, I'm okay. If you talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk. Bingo. Like you said, you, you got to get it done in between the lines. And yes, uh, you know, part of being a leader is knowing when you physically can't, can't do it. And, um, you know, to his credit, if, if the back is bothering him and he's, and he's trying to come back as soon as possible, he's making that effort. That's great. But, um, if you can't get it done, you got to next man up, you got to be, you know, do the call for someone or run, just run to the sideline, get off the field and don't, don't come back until you're right. Um, and, uh, if it doesn't improve, yeah, I mean, mainly because of the point you made, he is a big name and will draw some attention out there. Um, when it comes to getting the deal done. So I certainly think that's a possibility. However, I'm not, I'm not quite there ready to say wholeheartedly let's move on from him just yet. Got 12 games left this year. Right. I want to, I want to see the rest of this season. Maybe we put him on that same, we put him on the J love clock. You know, we, we should know by the end of this year what it's looking like. That's a good point. Uh, United Bates in the chat said, Alexander's goofy interviews are great when he shows up. But maybe let's uh, let's cut down on the quote show and focus a bit. Yeah, I'm with you, man. There's, I mean, you you hear us play it all the time, right? We always hit you with <laughs> playing outside of his mind. But when when you're not performing up the snuff, man, you know what I mean. Zip it, keep it in there, let it bounce around. As my fifth grade teacher once told me, that that advice saved me so much trouble, man. I'm just telling you right now, let it bounce around that head a little bit before it flies out of that skull of yours. That's what she told me. I went. I'll try that. All right. Um, let's see. You're too old for this in the chat. Says, I wouldn't be suppo- wouldn't be opposed to trading 23 if we got more than 65% chance. At two- uh, 65%. 65%. <laughs> All right. There you go. Um, Jacob, I love it. <laughs> I get that boo in there. All right. Let's see. Uh, this one right here, I thought um, a couple of them here. The number one Packer fan. Sometimes people get a little full of themselves and their play, their play shows it. Maybe that could be it. And then Goose. <laughs> he said, I, I think the shoulder injury really mellowed Jai out. He used to be a flesh missile when tackling. <laughs> of course, Mayo <laughs> says flesh missile. Uh, anyway, I don't know if y'all going to get us canceled tonight. But um, so half of Goose, uh, Goose's comments, it's like starts and you're like, oh, this is going to be very uh, analytical. There, And then all of a sudden it's like sexual innuendo. I mean, there like, it is, yeah. Both of them in there. I'm going to hire someone. I'm going to put someone on the payroll just to read Goose's comments to make sure that if I and, – and, and put a little check mark for him on the screen. Okay, I think yeah, you try. You try, all right? You're over laughing harder than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There was another one here, too, that I wanted to hit. I probably already lost it. Goose always screwing everything up. All right. We're at the 40-minute mark. Jacob, of those other four, let's I say let's mention all four of them, and then let's each make a comment on maybe one or two, and we'll go around the horn. Yeah, I was going to say, we can speed this up real quick. Uh, number two is Preston Smith, real quickly. They said they extended Smith last year, so they wouldn't have to pay much in cap space. Now we're on 600K plus 2.6 million next year. When the savings really start to accrue, it would be in 2025, 2026. Most importantly is that he is soon to be 31 years old. That's just not fitting in with what the Packers are trying to do. He is decent still at setting the rut, the the, um, the edge, I believe, on certain mm-hmm. plays. But you saw him, you know, last week I thought he played – just off the top of my head, if, if, as I was just randomly watching, I'm like, oh, this is one of Preston's better games. He graded out horribly. Right. You know what I mean? And so whatever whatever reason, if like, we, we always say don't take everything from PFF. Take that with a grain of salt. But 
it has it's just been it's a little bit underwhelming if i'm being honest i love preston smith i i'm never gonna i'm never gonna hate on a packer for you know serving in the ranks and doing all that kind of stuff but we do need to like look at it with a little bit more i guess diagnosing eyes and be like was this worth the time the money the effort the other people not playing in this position right now I'm okay with maybe trying to move on after this year because we've got Gary, we've got LVM, we've got Brenton Cox Jr., we got Enigbare, um, and who knows what we're going to do with some of these draft picks. So in my opinion, I'm okay with that one as well. But again, that's more of a, I'll give you till the end of the year. But Gotcha. All right, so we got Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Yash Neisman, and um, AJ Dillon on that list, right? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Let me hit the chat real quick here. Uh, let's see. Number one Packer fan said, or or could it be Joe Barry is an energy vampire and he's draining the soul out of the players? <laughs> Goose says, I think we keep Preston one more year. He can be the second rotation pass rusher behind Gary and Lucas Van Ness. I think that's kind of the game plan, to be honest with you. And I'm with you, Jacob. When I watch the tape this year, I feel like Preston's having a better year this year than he did last year. Um, but then again, there are some plays where he gets washed out, and it's not that he's getting overpowered. He's just getting too aggressive in his run run gap, uh, you know, uh, responsibilities, and that's where I think he's getting graded a little bit worse. And and you got to really be careful with the PFF grade in that regard because they aren't in the meeting room, right? That's what I always tell people. Like they don't know exactly what a player's told. Hey, if you get this look right, if they're in a balanced twelve personnel and they motion the second tight end over, I want you to be aggressive inside. Don't ninety percent of the time they run inside zone. I'm just speaking theoretically. This could be what's happening in the meeting room. Ninety percent of the time when they shift that second tight end over and they go heavy like a strong left out of the uh, out of a twelve personnel, they run inside zone. Don't worry about the outside edge. Shoot the gap. Get inside. That could be those type of things could be you know being said in the meeting. We don't know, but uh, I like the fact that um, you're never going to find PFF being like, oh, well, they're too they're too lenient on their grade. I feel like if anything, they're overly critical, and I would rather be on error on that side than the opposite. But Tim, out of those four players, obviously we mentioned Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Yash, and AJ Dillon. Do you see anybody there that you could go? Ah, I could see them potentially trading him this year. Uh, this year, a yeah. trade well, like as in, in you know this as, year, next year, whenever. As in, like before October thirty first, like trade deadline coming up. No. The only thing that makes sense, really, and I hate to say it, is uh, what well, it's Josh and and yeah. possibly AJ Dillon, depending on depending on uh, what uh, our boy's gonna do here. Um, uh, James James Robinson, right? Is that his name. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, if he comes in and, and he flashes in on the practice squad. Potentially there, but uh, yeah. As far as AJ Dillon, do you guys remember? Um, if I remember correctly, the Colts were trying were asking for him in the uh, in the trade for uh, Jonathan Taylor. So sometimes you got to read between the lines, right, Tim? But uh, anyway, those four players. Do you see anybody? Um. Yeah, AJ Dillon could be one of those. I mean, but the the one that jumps out to me would be Yash. I agree. Sure. Yeah. Um. And then I think with Campbell and, and Preston Smith, that's just an age and injury kind of thing that's mm-hmm. going to be what that is. It's nothing against those guys. Um, you know, I'd love to see Preston Smith retire a Packer, uh, Devondre Campbell as well. Um, but, hey, can't make the club in the tub, right? So that that may be, uh, you know, speaks for itself. But uh, Yash would probably be the first one that pops out to me on that list. Definitely. I mean, yeah. we don't even utilize him, really. I mean, are we really utilizing him now? Like, no, I mean, not at all. Because it, it seems like going into this year, Yash was going to be 
battling for that right tackle spot with Tom, right? Well, Tom mm-hmm. smokes him, and then, okay, well, Yash is going to be our backup swing tackle, and Rashid passes him. So, to me, Yasha makes the most sense. He's on a one-year deal, so is A.J. Dillon. So, they only got one year left. I don't think the other three make sense this year, no chance of it. But yeah. uh, as soon as I say that, we'll wake up tomorrow and two of them have been traded, right? But um, <laughs> I think Yash and A.J., um, if it were up to me and you you had to trade one, you had to pick one. And again, guys, we're not saying this. We're not trying to create rumors, just speaking theoretically here based right. off that article. Um, the one that I would pick would be Yash. I think you – I think – you can afford to let him go um, uh, simply because, you know, he, you're not going to bring him back next year most likely, right? Um, you got him on that tender this year. I think he's overpaid. I mean, that's another thing that Goody has screwed up on. You're talking about I think $4 million is what he is against the cap, and he's sitting on the bench. He's actually – it's going to take two injuries before he sees the field. That's that's bad management, man. And some of you might think, well, $4 million isn't anything. I, I disagree. There's a, there's such a thing as rollover cap. We can spend that $4 million next year too, right? You don't have to spend it this year. So uh, just interesting, man. Definitely interesting for sure. Let's see. Uh, there was someone else in here. Murph said this. I think he was talking about uh, Jair Alexander said, what is the percentage thrown in his direction? I don't have that answer, Murph, right off the, right off hand. Um, I agree about uh, about the shoulder mellowed him out. I think as a team, tackling needs to be a major focus. More, it is a little bit of an issue, all three tiers on defense. It absolutely is. Um, but, yeah, as far as – percentage thrown at I want to say it's it's probably not very high right but most of that I think is because teams have been able to run the football on us too right it's not like none of these teams have just came out and aired it out on us right and it's because of that quarters coverage which is another reason in my opinion that Jair might not be if you're going to stay in that quarters look as your base defense as you're kind of the what your defense is built around um you know you're you're almost wasting it right and that's yeah. what I was talking about with the front office and how they've always drafted doesn't really marry up with the scheme that we're running right now. You know, Goody was brought up in this West Coast family, West Coast offense family, to where you're drafting for 11 and in, in most cases, in some cases, 10 personnel, spreading it out, right, the West Coast spread. Now we're running this condensed West Coast wide zone boot. It just it doesn't gel very well together, I don't believe so. Um Let's see here. What else we got real quick? And then we'll get on to the next topic. Emilio in the chat says, team tackling needs to be, quote, eyes on the thighs, shout out, take your eye off the ball. Um, we need to start wrapping up. Yeah, eyes on thighs, man. Um, yeah, enough of this flying in with the shoulder trying to hit all the time. Get get these guys wrapped up, man. Although I hear uh, we're, they're trying to get rid of the the hip or the drop hip tackles now. Did you see? Mm-hmm. You guys see the blurb about that? They're, mm-hmm. they're reviewing that. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with that um, personally, but I know you are, Tim. I, I love you. <laughs> it's funny because the picture they showed, Jacob, they showed a, a picture of a guy doing the hip drop tackle, and as soon as I seen it, I went because you could just see that guy's ankle snapping, right? And it's mm-hmm. like at the same time, I'm going, man, come on, dude, this game is going to be unrecognizable i get the concussion thing again i was one of those guys that was totally against that like shut up play ball you know the risk blah blah blah. and then i watched the movie concussion mm-hmm. and i cried like a damn baby i was like oh man I, I i really need to step back and put some more thought into this never watched that movie no, bro watch it watch i know it. because i don't want to hate the nfl or football the, the courtroom scene it what you'll do is come away Yes, you'll have a little bit of dislike for the NFL, but you're going to come away with a lot more respect for the players, especially the ones that laid the foundation of this league, like your Mike Webster's pa- Patient Zero. Um, dude, he – the courtroom scene, 
I don't want to ruin it. But at the end, the courtroom scene, I was just like, <laughs> tore me up, dude. Tore me up. Because for those of you who don't know, he was in so much pain, and it was mainly from the brain damage, right? That he's because he he played in the pit. He was a center, and they played back when their helmets weren't much. They wouldn't they help the it was right around the time that they really started to make the helmets extremely hard. So they didn't realize it was causing more damage than helping really. But uh he was so he was in so much pain, Jacob. He was homeless. This is a Hall of Fame center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was homeless, living in his car, right, underneath a bridge in Pittsburgh. And he one of his buddies went and saw him, a guy who later on committed suicide because he because of the brain damage he had. And he went and visited him and he asked him what was wrong with his leg because he had a bunch of scars on his leg. He he was in so much pain from the brain damage, he couldn't sleep that he was using a stun gun to shock himself until he would pass out from the pain from that. It dude, it's pitiful, absolutely pitiful. So it'll it'll just open your eyes a little bit more on that whole thing. But uh all right, let's move on to the last topic. We're up against the gun here. Um, Jacob sent me an article. Um, like I said, we're not going to mention any names or anything because I don't, you know, listen, I ain't out here to get into a pissing contest with people. Um, I'm going to give my take on it. It did irk me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take this banner down real quick. So it's basically a write up on Joe Barry. And one of the quotes he put in this article, and it might have even been the title, uh, it, it was in the title that Joe Barry gave a quote, em- embarrassing excuse as to why Preston Smith was on Devontae Adams. Okay. And he's going to go into talking about Devondre Campbell. And I'm going to draw a couple things out here and show you why Devondre Campbell ends up in coverage. But he said, um, this is a quote from Barry. If you're pressing, you almost have to just survive the down and try to keep to as, as minimum as you can, as minimal as you can. But that's a poor matchup for him to be in, and that's totally on me. For us to be able to put him in that situation, we've got to have a mechanism to get out of it. We just have to have a built-in check, which we will and we can do. But based on the personnel they were in, we were ne- we never thought it would come up. It ended up being a bad play. That was me. It was not Preston. Okay, so I love that they like to pile on Joe Barry, but again, he's taking all the blame. He's absorbing all of this blame, right? Why isn't there already a mechanism? Barry's defense has been burned by this before. Rewind to week one of last season. Preston Smith found himself in a similar situation, matched up with all-pro wide receiver Justin Jefferson. It was far too easy for Jefferson. In the week two loss to the Atlanta Falcons this year, Barry had linebacker Devondre. Let me let me pause. As far as Preston Smith being in coverage on a wide receiver, we explain what that was. You're in base part. You're in your first of all, they're running the ball down your throat, right? And you're trying to stop the run. We were all screaming, just stop the run, load the box. How many people were saying it, guys? Load the box, load the box. I don't forget this playing off, put eight in the box and stop the run. That's what they were doing with 34 base jam front, and they were bringing the safety down into the box as well. Okay, so you do that, and what do they do? They check and run the wide receiver over. Well, if you're in a zone defense, the corner's going to stay on the boundary. Therefore, the edge defender, the will, will have to drop into coverage. That's why he was out there. Okay, so that's one of the negatives to doing exactly what these people wanted him to do. Right? There's there's pros and cons to every decision you make on the football field, both offensively and defensively. We talked about with the condensed sets just earlier, right? The negative aspect of it. Same thing applies on defense. Now, he goes on and says, in the week two loss to the Atlanta Falcons this season, Barry had linebacker Devondre Campbell sit 10 yards off running back Bijan Robinson. The problem, it was third and three. Robinson picked up the easiest first down of his life. Think, think about how dramatic that comment is. 
He picked up the easiest first down. So you've watched every snap of his life. Got it. Got it, Chief. The easiest first down of his life, and the Falcons scored a game-winning field goal shortly after. And again, in a crucial moment, Smith had to cover Adams in the drive that cost the Packers victory against the Raiders. Barry's reasoning? Well, we didn't expect them to do that. Matt LaFleur said after the Detroit Lions loss, I love how he's coupling all this in together as if they, that Matt LaFleur is talking about the same specific thing. You guys remember, what was Matt LaFleur commenting on on there? Here's the comment, right? Here's the quote. It's insane to do the same things over and over again and expect a different result. He was talking about them getting burned by the run. Now, you see how the, the media will take that and couple it in as if he's talking about, well, you can't do the same things over and over and expect a different result. And he's talking about Preston Smith being in coverage. No, Preston Smith in coverage was the byproduct of you trying to stop the run, the very thing that Matt LaFleur is talking about right here. Like, and maybe he didn't do it intentionally. That's cool. That's why I'm not mentioning names. I'm not, I'm not in here to get into an argument, but he was referring to the run defense. We can su- we can now say the same thing about Barry not having a mechanism to get them out of disastrous matchups like Preston Smith covering Devontae Adams. All right. So with that being said, I'm gonna show y'all something real quick. We've already talked about Preston Smith and why he ended up in coverage. So I'm gonna go ahead and share the screen here. And we're going to bring this up. Hopefully everybody can see it well enough. And we're going to talk about that play to Devondre Campbell, okay? First of all, to the best of my knowledge, and it's kind of hard to see on the TV copy, I believe they were in 11 personnel. So what I did was I went back and looked at the TV copy, tried to line it up as perfect as possible, okay? This is what they were doing to stop the run. What I want you to notice here, in 11 personnel, the nose should actually be here. I apologize. They moved both the in – a, in a nickel 245, they moved both the down linemen to the strong side, Okay. So you notice how the left end is playing this. Uh, this would be what a, a three tech or maybe even a four eye. You had the nose nose up or maybe even a one tech because you're you're putting all this beef, all these heavy bodies on the strong side of the formation. All right, this is how you're going to stop the run. Another thing you did was you brought this linebacker up while putting Rashawn Gary, whoever the left edge was, out here in a wide nine. Right, so you take away the wide zone that the Atlanta Falcons like to run. These are the wide edges that uh, that Coach uh, McDaniel down there in. Um, and Miami was talking about it on, on the play callers, how it's so hard to run against the Green Bay Packers outside. They're limiting the explosive plays in a running game. But like we're all complaining about now, they're just they're bleeding you dry on each drive, right? Because you're, they're taking everything little underneath in the middle. All right. So with this setup right here, imagine this. They break the huddle. They're in 11 personnel. You've been you've been trying to stop the run. You're allocating all these resources. Notice the safety in the box on the Y, right? So here's what they did on that specific play. They flexed this Y out. Okay, you with me? If I remember correctly, they slid the slot in. You run the Z over, right? So these guys have all got to react, right? You got a corner on the slot. You got a corner there. Now the safety is out here on the Y, right? And this is what they do. Now, keep this in mind, Jacob. What did what did everybody want this offseason? They got so tired of zone defense. What were they saying we need to change about this pass defense, this last offseason? We got play, got to play man coverage, press man, bump, bump and run, stop playing on the line, right? Here's what they did to counter it. They're running the ball down our freaking throat. Bang, 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 bang. We're in man coverage, okay? Notice how it's single high safety, right? Middle field close. They flex the T out, and, and you're in middle. You're in man coverage, okay? What it, What's going to happen here? This linebacker has now got to play man coverage on the T. Got me? So with that being said, you're in single high, right? You're in single high. This safety's got to protect deep. He's got middle field. Okay, everybody is man coverage, man coverage, man coverage, man coverage, man coverage, and you're bringing five. Got me? So that's the defense that's called. When they check to an empty 11 and they put the T out on the boundary, what's the other option? 
because this is I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for just a second. Here's what you could do, right? Here are your options. You could take this linebacker and put him on someone else, right? You're not going to put a defensive lineman or an edge defender out there in coverage, correct? So what do you do if you're in man coverage here? Do you put the safety over here, right? Do you do that? Because if you do, if you put the safety over there, guess what happens? Let's put the safety on him. That means the linebacker is now covering Kyle Pitts. Got me? So you're not going to do that. So you get caught in this look, right? Because you're playing man coverage, being aggressive, trying to stop the run, basically playing run blitzes along the way, right? The only way to counter this is back Devondre up and try to prevent that, that deep shot. Now, if you're asking me, how do you fix that? What's the best counter? You were never in the counter, in my opinion. And I'm going to tell you what that means. If you were in zone defense, which is what Joe Barry was brought here to run, but for whatever reason we've, you know, bailed on it from time to time because people were just so caught up in corners and safeties playing so far off the ball. If you were playing your normal zone defense, here's what can happen now, all right? If you're in zone, got me? This guy can cheat in here. The corner can play out here. Now you're playing drop or you're playing man match. You're playing zone match, I should say. You see what I'm saying? Now these guys have got zone with uh, with uh, zone match principles, with man, with man principles, right? Deep to out, right? This guy's patrolling the center. If the slot clears, then the safety will pick him up and take him, right? And this linebacker can work underneath. So imagine if they were in a zone defense here. And you were just in your simple, let's call it cover three zone match defense. All right. If that was the look, let me get these deleted real quick. If that was the case over here, what was the play that they ran? All right. The play called was they were kind of stretching it out underneath, right? A little snag concept, right? If that's the case, here's what would have happened on that play. If and then, right? You would have seen our boy, whoever the corner is right here, playing off a little bit, which people don't like. And the reason they're playing off is so they can read this route, right? So he's going to be looking. If this guy goes underneath, i let him go. If this guy doesn't cross the seven-yard threshold, this guy being the T and B. John Robinson, then his job is to pick up the Z and cover deep zone. Deep, depending on what everybody does underneath. You've got a linebacker playing underneath. He can come underneath on the snag as well. That's what's so beneficial to this type of defense from Vic Fangio. Right. And again, we get so impatient because teams, you know, will will be able to hammer a curl route. Right. When it's a, a third and seven and they'll catch it at five yards and get the first down. Like, well, why are they playing so far off? This is what they're trying to prevent. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's why I'm a fan of the Fangio style, because it's going to play more conservative. Right. Keep everything in front of you. When you go man coverage, not even zero man, single high man and you put that T out on the boundary, there's not another person on that field that should have covered him. The only other option would be, would be in a, and all this happens literally in five seconds. Split second, you got to make the adjustment if you do. Bring the safety down on the T, and now you've got Devondre Campbell playing deep safety. If you're going to try to convince me that's a good idea, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. Take that Kirby down the street. I ain't buying it, man. So, uh, I don't know, Jacob. Does that makes sense, too. I think I put a quarter in Clayton. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, like there's, again, it's not a great look, and y'all have never heard me say Joe Barry's a good defensive coordinator, but there's an answer to every question, and because Joe Barry is the bigger man, and he says, "Yeah, that's my fault. We got to have a check. Yeah, we got to, you know, 
he damn well knows that if they come out and they go muddle huddle and they flex that T out, you've got less than five seconds to make the adjustment. If you do go to that check, how quick can Devondre Campbell get inside the safety, get down on him? They quick snap it. Everybody's out of position and all hell breaks loose. Right. So maybe that's what I was going to just ask. Chris N. just commented, Clayton, what was Barry talking about when he said there's a solution to this, but that they haven't implemented yet? The only solution you would have is to, in my opinion, check the zone. Check the yeah. zone. Yeah. When you, when you see them flex the T out, hey, whatever, zebra, 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 safety sprints over or the corner sprints over, everybody get in your shell look. Don't go two on the shelf. Still so, show the single high look and play – cover three zone match. That would be the check. The problem is they're running the ball down your throat, running the ball down your throat, running the ball down your throat. And then all of a sudden defense is tired, hands on hips, right? They break the huddle real quick. The T flies out there. That check has to happen the second they break the huddle. Now, I personally think there's probably a check already there. That's just me. But I think the way they're looking at it is, look, we've got to stop the run. we got to stop the run. Let's stay in this look until they score, right? And, and, of course, they went down the field and they did score and win. So if he stops it right there, right, if they don't run that snag concept and they stop it there, nobody's even talking about the fact that Devondre Campbell was out there on him. But, the, but because they converted that underneath and he was so open, Joe Barry's a moron, a guy who spent his entire life in football. That just cracks me up, man. Well, people need to understand that write articles like this. The absolute dog crap worst coaches in the NFL – the worst coaches in college football know a thousand times more football than you who are writing that article, than me who's sitting there doing a podcast. And it just it, it's mind-boggling that they can throw a quote out there and say it's an embarrassing excuse. Like, get the hell away from me, dude. It, it, it blows my mind. It does. So go ahead, Jacob. Thoughts? No, I mean, you basically said everything that uh, I thought you were going to say. Mission accomplished. I was like, this is gonna be good. I, I thought about it, I was like, man, this will take this will take as much content time as we need because I'm sure Clayton will have plenty to say about this. And, you know, they, the, the only other thing too, like in that 11 personnel, again, I keep coming back to zone. If you want to stop the run, go with a little heavier look and play zone, right? Because linebackers can cover in zone. It's not ideal on a on a tight end like Pitts. But you can put yourself – like I like the idea of Quay covering Pitts in a zone match look, right? I think he can hold his own. Not on a deep route, not on a deep corner, but that's the beautiful thing about zone match. If he runs that deep corner, then your safety is going to match that and attack the corner, right? Um, it's just uh, everybody's looking for a here's the answer to the question. And it's not that simple. You you heard Mike Wall, right, on the pod when he brought it up. Everybody wants to mention Preston Smith in coverage. And he's like – and he kind of cut himself off like – that, that's the other thing, too. They're making it sound like this doesn't happen. Guys, I challenge everyone. Go into the NFL database, right, use your favorite site, and go find 34 defenses. Who all runs a 3-4 base defense? Now, I want you to try to not be biased – and go find their schedule and say, okay, out of everybody on their schedule, who is a run-heavy offense, right? And whoever the run-heavy offense is, go watch the tape. I guarantee you, you will probably find you'll, – you'll find more than three this year already where an outside linebacker gets matched up on a wide receiver, a flex tight end, or a tee that's flexed out because that's what happens with a 34 base. It's exactly what Mike Wall was saying. But I know 
People like this will look at Mike Wall and go, he doesn't know what he's talking about. What the hell? Come on, dude. So, Tim, you got any questions on that? You got any comments? About, am I losing my mind for no reason? No, you're not. And <laughs> it's the same way people talk about these players too, man. We get we get hard on these players sometimes. And it's like, dude, the, the worst guy. I've been guy, guilty of that, bro. We all have. We all have. But, but I mean, the worst guy in the NFL is <laughs> – you know, had this much of a chance to make it to where he is. So never forget um, just how difficult it is to do this job at that level. Um, but I, I would tend to agree with uh, with what you're saying there, Clayton. And uh, I'm just going to continue to take notes and try and learn because, uh, you know, I'll just put it this way. We know people say things for clicks. We know people write headlines a certain way. That's why they call it clickbait. Mm-hmm. Um, but not all, not, not everything falls in that category. And yeah. a lot of times you can find good content that's, you know, smashed in between a bunch of clickbait type stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, realistically, that's why people say the things that they say, Clayton, because they know we're going to, we're going to break it down. Uh, and that's exactly why I love Jacob for pulling, pulling those every <laughs> once in a while and uh, putting another quarter in a machine <laughs> it's it's funny because like they they have rode this Joe Barry thing out. I mean, almost almost to the it's almost milk dry. Like seriously, that that those are some chapped ninnies, my man. Because everybody continue <laughs> they continue to write about it because they know that's going to get you. Can just go on Twitter and you'll see it. You just type in Joe Barry on Twitter, and it would be oh, this guy's a moron. I don't know what he's doing. He thinks the he thinks Preston Smith. I love how they worded it in there too that. That like they made it sound as if that's the matchup that Joe Barry drew up. Like, let's put Preston Smith on Devontae Adams. What is this guy thinking? What are you talking about? Preston Shadow and Devontae all night. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Following Tay. Um, let's see here. Uh th- this is what gets me to the number one Packer fan. I thought that's why they brought Barry in to run Fangio's defense, or am I wrong? That's 100 percent why they brought him in. But the problem is the other team gets paid too. And there are ways of beating the Fangio system. Watch, watch Vic Fangio in Miami this year, guys. Not, not doing too good. Not doing too good down there, right? Because have like one of the best offenses in history. It yeah, look a lot different right now. Exactly. I, I'd like to see where they're ranked here. Let me look. I actually pulled it up here. If you go yards, if you go opponent yards per play, Green Bay is ranked tenth right now at four point nine. They're actually tied for ninth, as a matter of fact. So in yards per play, I like to look at points per play and yards per play because it removes a lot of the noise, right? And that's a big, big, big gambling statistic. There's a lot of gamblers that that lean on those when you're trying to determine how good a defense actually is, right? Um, because if you go points per game, it's important, just like all information is important. If you go points per game, there's a lot of things. You'd have to go back and watch all the tape and go, well, that, that team started with a short field three times that game. That's a little bit skewed. Maybe the defense is better than we're giving them credit for. But when you go per play, points, and yards, again, uh, yards per play, they are not. And to put that into perspective, right, 4.9 in 2022, they were 5.8. That's how much better they've gotten. So to put that into perspective, where they were last year in opponent yards per play, they would rank, check this out, they would rank 30th this year. Wow. So they've went from 30th to 10th this year. That's how much it's improved. But nobody wants to give him credit because Preston Smith got caught in a bad look in the 34th base and they flexed the T. <gasps> 
fire everybody. <laughs> Crazy. Blows my mind. So put that into perspective. Let's look. I, I'd like to see where Miami's at. I haven't even looked. Miami's 19th. Vic Fangio is 19th in opponent yards per play. Joe Barry is 10th. So maybe it's a combination of a lot of things. Maybe it's something that we refer to on this podcast as game flow. And it's why we do yeah. chalk talk <laughs> in game flow, right? What did Goose do? You're over uh, laughing. You all for this when he said, let's see where Miami's at. He said, Miami's in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the dad jokes. I love it. Wow. I'll see your, uh, Goose said, we absolutely need an answer to them line and wide receivers versus Preston, but people acting like it should never happen haven't actually understood what's happening on the field. Absolutely. There's no, there's no point that you're going to hear me go, I'm cool with Preston covering Tay. No, but I, what the other you talked about a check, Jacob. I'll tell you what the other answer was. Yeah, right. Burn a timeout. God forbid you give you defense a break there, right? Just yeah. for a second. Hey, let's regroup. Hey, all right, look, guys. If they go to that, that's the first time they showed it, right? That's the first time they showed it in the game. If they show that look again, here's the check. And Savage, you call it out, or Quay, you whoever in, you know, the fourth string linebacker that's playing right now. People, that's the other thing, too. Look at the injuries we've had on this team, too, on this defense. Think about that. And they're still performing at that level. When are we going to give Joe Barry credit for that? Right now, again, in points per play, they're like 17th, but they're still when I when I looked at the number according to where they would be last year, I think it was 23rd. So they've moved up from 23rd to 17th. So um, yeah, let's see. Uh, we got Emilio in the chat says Quay was also not on the field at the time. Preston was out wide, and he's the general with the dot. Think about that. Yep. that's a great point, Emilio. I didn't pay attention to that on the tape. Um, but, yeah, that's something that comes into play too, man, um, for sure. Let's see what else we got. What are you laughing at, Jacob? I'll post it. I'll put it up on there. <laughs> just reading the banter between Goose and Emilio and uh, <laughs> just a bunch of weird stuff. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth putting up. Trust me. <laughs> we'll have to, hit the, have to hit the conspiracy video if we go down that route. We had a little bit of a conspiracy segment for you guys, but we ran out of time. Let's save um, it for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll save it tomorrow. I'm sure you guys have heard about it, but it's, that's just a funny situation for sure. Um, let's see what Goose said. Goose said, Clayton, we got to save those timeouts for getting to the line too late on offense. <laughs> Sarcasm is thick in here tonight. That's another thing too, man. Like going into this season, you guys heard so many people say, um, I- I'm so sick of watching Rodgers run it down to the last second. I'm just, I was just sitting back like this going, y'all, y'all really convinced yourself that's going to change. <laughs> Not going to happen. I, I am really – it's mind-boggling to me, though, how little motion there is. I need to go back and do a case study on that and try to chart how much motion because I'm I'm about 99% sure we're running less motion this year than we did last year. We're just choosing to do post-snap motion, post-snap shift or uh, sifting and things like that. And that's what I was trying to say with Mike Wall, but Mike Wall cut me off, and which kind of goes hand-in-hand with the defensive talk here too. But I told him, I said, what I noticed on the San Francisco tape was they didn't sift at all, but they're using pre-snap motion, getting the player to where the sift is going to end at, and just starting fresh right there. And he went, Clayton, but hold up a minute. We don't have we don't have George Kittle blocking on this team. He said, we don't have Kyle Juszczyk blocking on this team. And he said, uh, we darn sure don't have a Trent Williams right now either blocking on this team. And I immediately thought, man, Goody just keeps getting off the hook. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh Jacob, what you got, man? Nothing. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm ready to get back at it. This bye week has been kind of weird, man. It's put me in a weird kind of like a 
a lull. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to see that. Hopefully, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't want to be negative. I want to keep trying to be positive and mm-hmm. like. There's no I reason. I don't think we were negative, were we? Do you think? We no, were no. I'm just saying, like my personal. I'm, for some reason, I'm fighting these demons. Where it's like I. <laughs> Like for instance, today. Hold on a minute. I got something for you. Keep talking. Keep going. I'm looking Keep going. at the, the different interviews, and I the one that I wanted to watch that I should have watched, but I thought the Matt Lafleur one. But I clicked on it, and after looking at him for like two seconds, I went, "I don't even want to hear you talk. I don't even want to listen to you right now." So like, I have to, I have to work on that for whatever reason. Take a fight in them demons. I had to give him some creepy music. Theme music. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh my god hey one thing's for sure though guys we did learn earlier this year right that uh the bears are who we thought they were and that's why we took the damn field damn well said there denny did you guys hear the <laughs> ryan didn't even talk about it but at the beginning of his his podcast today it must have been this random uh group of bears fans that they did a uh a spoof of hello darkness my old friend about it was just about them talking about how the bears suck still for real it was it was like weirdly it was very well done they harmonized beautifully but like it's and they did like the first three or four <laughs> like lines in the in the song and the chorus and everything and i oh man you guys gotta go listen to it because i literally was gonna call ryan or text him and be like can i cut that and use it as the intro <laughs> to our podcast because that thing was it was beautiful man I, you guys gotta listen to it Goose in the chat says, "Have you tried seducing your demons instead?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god! Hello. All right, and then uh, number one Packer fan said, "Just to let you know, I'm a Hollywood plant." He knows what we were going to talk yeah. about. <laughs> Here, I'm the number one Packer fan, but everywhere else, I'm a fan too. Man, that cracked. <laughs> Poor, did you did you guys watch the McAfee show today? I saw the clip. Yeah, yeah, bro, that yeah. opening was hilarious. <laughs> Boston Connor went to the Capitol and gave a speech. <laughs> I love that show, man. It's so outrageous. It's just you want to just unplug from the real world for a minute and just laugh. Like, it, I don't know. I love it, man. I love what they do over there. So, did you ever see? It's the most iconic clip of that show where, like, the eight-year-old kid calls in. Yeah. Originally, yeah. they're giving him. Oh credit. yeah. Uh, and the kid goes, "I just want to let you guys know that you're an inspiration." And then, mm-hmm. F Boston Sports. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mac, good, I want to tell you, you're a legend, buddy. You're a legend. <laughs> I love how when he caught when he first called into the way when they realized who it was yeah. or whatever, basically his dad called in. His dad's name was Dan, right? And he goes, All right, let's go to Dan. Oh, anyway, I'm not Dan, I'm Owen. And <laughs> Pat could tell it was a kid. Pat went, Nick, Mick, because Mick was screaming <laughs> calls. He was like, Hey, you told me this was, and he went, He went, Yeah, I just want to let you guys know that I'm inspiring people talking about sports. And, and literally, well, first of all, Pat was trying to cut him off and get him off the line. And AJ, yeah. AJ Hart being a toxic person, he said, no, let him go. Where you got, buddy? You talking about, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then he hits that pause, man. The way he paused and said, oh, yeah, F Boston Connor. Oh, my God, dude. Absolute gold. And you should have seen the new the media, bro, the media roast. Can't believe they're allowing this foul language and kids talking like this on this show. And yeah. now they've got their disclaimer with ESPN where they basically have the Lou Holtz voice that comes out and says, you will hear curse words on here because that's how real humans in the world talk. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. So, all right. We're out of here. It's been off the rails for a while. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Look, United Bates said Owen. Steven <laughs> Smith said little Owen. 
<laughs> like the Bears are 0-1. Oh, oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Drop the mic. Give me that drum. All right, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Do want to give a special shout-out to my man, Boz. Thank you so much for the super chat, dude. We can't thank you enough. We really appreciate you supporting the stream. You guys were awesome in the chat, so thank you all for uh, taking time to hang out with us. Uh, I'm going to reach out to Paul Brettel, see if we can get him on the show tomorrow so we can get a little more educated on what's going on around the Packers, and uh, and hopefully he's free to do that. But we'll be back tomorrow, either either 6 Central or 7 Central, somewhere around that range. We'll let you guys know as early as possible. But, again, thank you all for hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's a lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle, take the defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by them and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Look at this play. We'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.